welcome one and all to Thoughts of a Director. Now, just so you know, I'm not a director. It's a small joke I will never explain. <laughs> um, okay, I would like to warn you, you're essentially just getting into a rant of me talking about how much I love The Rise of Kiyoshi by FCE and DiMartino. Now, I'll give you a, a spoiler warning now, just to get that out of the way. Also, another warning, I am sorry for how much I will mess up the names. Now, <laughs> let us begin. This book is amazing. I can easily tear through books, um, but this is the first book I've just read out of pure excitement and love for it, like, the entire time. Of course, everyone has parts they didn't enjoy, such as I had parts I didn't enjoy, but it still worked. Um, now let's get into this amazing book. So we have our main character, Kiyoshi, which is a given, but I love her. Um, she's shown to, in the beginning, uh, to be practicing something called neutral jing, which is where like you can be pushed, you can be pulled, but you stay centered. You don't react to anything, you just stay neutral. Now, the reason she's doing that is because she's getting harassed by people in the village um, because she's bringing like some sort of rare kelp to the Avatar because she is the servant to the Avatar. In basic terms, neutral drink is total passivity. So when she's being antagonized, she just continues walking and keeps a straight face. Which is insanely impressive because how they were acting, I would have gladly punched them right in the face. They were being very rude and annoying. Um, here's the thing. Mentioning neutral jing seems very out of place, like, for the first thing I mentioned. But it is amazing foreshadowing on the author's part. Um, so neutral jing has been talked about before in this franchise. Now, Avatar has multiple variations of it. You have the first show, Avatar The Last Airbender. Then you have the sequel to that. Uh, Legend of Korra, which is also very good. I love them both. We will never talk about the movie adaptation. The movie adaptation doesn't exist. And Netflix's version um, is probably not going to be good. Just just a little inkling on my part. Um, but there's also comics for each of the series. And then you have these. The Rise of Kiyoshi and The Shadow of Kiyoshi. The Shadow of Kiyoshi is the next book. But um, Rise of Kiyoshi is about... <laughs> Two avatars before Aang, who is the protagonist in Avatar The Last Airbender, the first kind of set place in this universe. Um, and <laughs> I apologize, I rambled again. Um, the reason Kyoshi is being antagonized is because she's the servant of the avatar, and the other kids are jealous of that because, you know, the avatar is essentially the highest ranking person that exists in that world. Well, as she's walking to the Avatar's estate, she's kind of about to get beat up, but she's accepting it. She's completely fine with it, and she just lets it happen. Until another character, Rangi, shows up. Words cannot describe how much I love Rangi. She is insanely talented firebender, firebender who is the bodyguard of the Avatar. Um, and the way she is introduced is... It occurred to Kiyoshi that this might not have, this might have been the first time they had ever seen a member of Fire Nation up close, let alone one as intimidating as Rangi. In her form-fitting armor, the color of onyx and dry blood, 
she could have very well been a vengeful spirit come to cleanse a battlefield of the living. That is only on page 19. I was like, come on, that's just amazing. That's an amazing way to introduce a character to kind of show how much power that character has, how much of a presence they have. Um, but again, after I read that, I just decided she's amazing and she's my favorite. Well, she's not my favorite, but I still love her. Because she just seemed like a very cool, powerful character. We also get shown the character named Yun, and he is the quote-unquote avatar. We later find out he isn't, but that's another thing. He's a very witty character, and it's been said he can only bend to Earth. Um, but honestly, to me, he's not that much of an interesting character. Um, essentially, to speed things up, we find out that they thought Yun was the avatar because he would play this one board game called Pai Show exactly like the previous avatar, Kurok, who was amazing at the game, an amazing strategist, an amazing hunter. Well, then they thought, no one else could do that. This has to be the avatar. Well, <laughs> the thing about that is, uh, that just happened by coincidence. Kyoshi recites a poem uh, Kurok only showed the one person word for word. And she didn't know it. There's no surviving copy of it. It was only shown to one person who just so happened to hear her recite it. And it was actually just... It was a very good poem, but, you know, it's okay. Not not the best word. No, I'm kidding. But it's, it's very good. Um, also, here's the thing. We all already know as a reader that the avatar is Kyoshi but that's because people who are reading um the rise of Kyoshi um are people who have already seen Avatar the Last Airbender or Legend of Korra and we learn about Kyoshi in Avatar the Last Airbender because it was already a set franchise but still um it ends up getting brought up that Kyoshi might actually be the avatar and for Airbender, we learned that she was pretty ruthless. Um, when Aang is asking his previous lives for advice, Kyoshi discusses and she says, Only justice can bring peace. As in, if she needs to, she will kill someone in order to bring peace. But that also brought a whole issue of people saying she has bloodlust, she's a murdering machine. It was just completely different how she is in the book, but... That will come in later. Um, now, the people who are trying to train Yun, even though they know he, they don't know he isn't the Avatar, are um, <laughs> Heiran, Jianzu, and Kelsang. Kelsang was essentially a father figure to Kyoshi, who was an orphan. And, of course, later on, when um, Jianzu is trying to figure out who the actual Avatar is, he kills, you know. He ends up killing Yun because he isn't the Avatar, and kills uh, Kelsang, who's trying to protect Kyoshi from him. Now, the reason he kills Yan is because of Father Glowworm, who was an angry, he was a spirit who could tell who the Avatar was. But since Avatar Kurok was a great hunter, he would hunt spirits to keep the spirit world in balance. Considering the previous Avatar before him, Yang Chen, only focused on the physical realm, so he had to take over the spirit realm to help with that. So, since Father Glowworm still had a kind of vendetta against him, 
uh, he was going to kill Kiyoshi, so Janzu just gave up Yun to him. He was like, oh, he's no use to me. You know? Yeah, but essentially, that causes a big rift, and Kiyoshi runs away. She runs away with her Engi to Daofei, which is essentially a general term for organized, an organized crime ring. Um, but it also turns out Kiyoshi's parents ran a group of Daofei called the Flying Opera Company, who, after her parents died, became very not as bad. Like, they lost a lot of their power. And then Kyoshi joins them, yada, yada, yada. I just needed to get the basic information out of the way. So me loving this would make sense as I kind of move forward in it. Now, the chapters mostly focus on Kyoshi, so, but sometimes we do get viewpoints from Jianzu. Now, personally, I don't like these chapters. While they are great at making me hate him, which I'm pretty sure is the point of it, um, but I felt like they dragged on for too long. Like, at one point, he will po he poisons a bunch of people, including himself, so he doesn't, like, suspicion isn't raised towards him. Which I, like, oh, you know, it's garbage of him. But it kept dragging on for so long that I was just getting very tired of it. But still, they did their job. I hated him, and when he was killed, I stifled a cheer. Now, originally, I didn't think Janzu was that bad. But he ended up being corrupted by wealth and power. Since he was, you know, really close with the previous avatar, he was given the task of finding the next avatar, training them. So he had a lot of connections, a lot of power, a lot of money. Which ended up get, getting to his head. Um, I still have no sympathy towards him, but I at least kind of know his motives. Also, um, something I found interesting is, as I said earlier... Kyoshi at one point tells the main character of Avatar The Last Airbender, Aang, this line, Only justice will bring peace. The reason that this is interesting is because while her morals were definitely molded, molded by a man named Lao Ji, this actually mirrors something Zhen Zhu said, which was, I, I visited consequences upon them, Zhen Zhu said, because that's what justice is. Nothing but proper consequences. Which is similar to Kyoshi's outlook, almost. While I do think Kyoshi was more influenced by Laogi, I think that she took influence from Janzu, but she wanted to do it better. She wanted to be a better person than him, and then everything he had done. Also, um, I will say this book is the only thing that has ever made me interested in side romance in books. And it was between Rangi and Kyoshi, which... It was beautifully developed. They were both good friends, but they slowly became closer through all the danger they were put in. Plus, it's not like most couples that are women, like just women that are lesbian. Well, both of them. Kiyoshi's bi. Pretty sure Rangi's bi, but it's not confirmed. But it's healthy, unlike a lot of representation. So I love, we gotta love the healthy representation here. Um, even in the beginning, when they were building up this relationship you have kiyoshi closed her eyes she did the best thing to ignore the pain of her arm losing circulation and her heart falling into a pile of ribbons that was page 88 it was when rangi had shared a bed with kiyoshi and this was still during when everyone thought young was the avatar and they had to make a deal with pirates which 
it's a a big part. It's like a minor arc in the story. Um, but before I continue gushing about how much I love them and how adorable they are, I need to talk about this amazing scene. When you have the, this waterbending pirate, Tagata, I think that's how you pronounce her name, ambushes and captures the Avatar while they're making like this diplomatic decision. Kiyoshi shows an amazing feat of strength. She ends up destroying like fleets of ships by raising up the seafloor. So here, a column of gray stone seafloor exploded up from the surface of the ocean. It caught the hull of Takata's cutter and listed the ship to the ship on the side, tearing wooden planks off the frame as easily as paper off a kite. That was page 99. She does this with no prior training of bending. This is before she knows she's the avatar. And again, no prior training in bending. While she knows she can bend earth, she never practiced because she could never bend small objects. She couldn't really practice on mountains. <laughs> so yes, well, it still does tire her immensely. She's not some overpowered, oh, I'm gonna tear up most of the seafloor to destroy all these ships and I'm perfectly fine. She essentially can't move after that. Like, she can move, but barely. And again, it's her raw power is purely amazing. She's able to bend huge chunks of Earth to destroy all these ships. Again, just so cool. Um, for example, you have Janzu had left the to die, and this happened. So whenever he was about to throw... No, he was throwing Yun back with Father Glowworm, and he was going to leave him behind. And Kyoshi couldn't stop him. But then you have this one line. Kyoshi found her voice again. She screamed, pure fire. That was page 134. And that was um, without the Avatar state. Which is when the Avatar's past lives show up. Basically to help the Avatar become a better fighter. To, and also to give them a power boost almost. It's... Just, it's so cool. <laughs> um, but she does that without that. And again, no prior training and bending whatsoever. And she's just able to do it. No avatar state. She just is able to breathe fire. Which is also just a hard skill for firebenders in general. Now, while we have seen other avatars do this. Where they're extremely powerful at a young age. It's still extremely impressive. Because, um, let's say we have, we have a character who, Avatar Korra, who, I love her by the way, and I could do a whole other thing talking, just gushing about her, but she found out she was the Avatar around four or five years old, which is extremely young, and she could weakly bend three elements, which doesn't seem impressive, but when you think about it, that's a five-year-old avatar no training and she's able to bend three elements which is just so cool um it's still an incredible feat by kiyoshi and i could never take that away from her so also kiyoshi's parents you know ran a crime group and i just think it's such a cool backstory since kiyoshi is the avatar she's supposed to be considered the highest ranking person just in general that gives kiyoshi so much more depth as a character because she hates her parents for abandoning her and she hates the Dai Leaf, not Dai Li, the Daofei for just all of that. She hates all of them. She hates all the criminals 
because of her parents and what they did by leaving her behind. And I just think that adds so much more depth to her as a character. Because she does end up joining them too. It's not just some, oh, we have a main character and guess what? They're great and they're great at what they do. They have no flaws. But it's... Ah, chills, it's amazing. Um, and then let's get into Kiyoshi's kind of group. The Flying Orchestra Company. Orchestra Flying... Wait... It's fine. <laughs> um, so you have Kirima, a sarcastic waterbender. Also, the water tribes must have sarcasm running in their blood because we have Sokka, sarcasm guy. Korra, she's sarcastic at times and a couple more, but I don't want to talk about them because this is about Kiyoshi. Um, you have Wong, who's nicknamed Flitting Sparrow Keep Wong. This is because while he's a, hu- like, he's a big guy um, and an earthbender, but he's the most graceful one on the team. Kyoshi mentions that his you can't hear his footsteps. It's so cool. And then there is Leek. Bullet Leek. Because he's used as small rocks like bullets. Obviously he's an earthbender. And you have Lao Gi, who I mentioned earlier, who is an extremely old earthbender. Who could either be a hundred to thousands of years old. Um, simply because he discovered a technique or he can just say no to death. He just found a way to keep regenerating his cells, which he actually does pass on to Kyoshi. And she doesn't do it to the amount that he does, but she ends up being the oldest living avatar at 230 years old, or around 228, disputed. Um, but it's amazing. Um, and at the end of the book, the only one that dies is Leek, which is really sad. It's due to poison. It's what made his death so bad because he had finally warmed up to Kiyoshi. He was talking to her, and he actually addressed her by name, too. And he told her his backstory. Because the only reason he can shoot rocks with such accuracy is because when he was younger, he had to steal to live with his friend. Well, once the police caught him and sentenced his friend to hang in this cage, with no food, no water, in the desert, Leek would throw rocks at the chain and just hoping he could break it to get his friend out he didn't do it in his time he didn't do it in time and his friend died up there and they were both kids during this so he vowed he would never miss a trout again it was really sad because in the beginning he was just some kid who hated kiyoshi though he wasn't that annoying i really enjoyed his character but yeah and then if you continue on this is near, right after where we meet the characters. Another example of Kyoshi's just raw strength. We have page 197. Um, if she couldn't be a creature of grace, then she'd be a battering ram. So just that line, I love it so much. Using earthbending, she ran through multiple homes to escape the police. It's just so cool. Now you may think, oh, a girl running through walls, that's not that bad. But you need to remember... Her height has been speculated to either be six foot eight to seven feet tall. Plus, it's confirmed she had the biggest feet of ev- of any avatar. It's if I'm not tall and if I'm not six feet buff like Kyoshi when I'm older, then what's the point? <laughs> now we have a couple more pages of development for Kyoshi and Rangi during this part, and you have this one scene. 
Rangi was so beautiful, illuminated by moon and fire, that it hurt. She was strength and skill and determination wrapped around an unshakable... <laughs> oh my god. Some... <laughs> Some mighty and loving spirit had reached down from the heavens and outlined the firebender in a new stroke of color. There was a struggle in Kiyoshi's chest that had nothing to do with how hard she was running. Notes of longing and fear played in one chord. That was page 199. Now I know it's kind of long, but it was so beautiful. It wasn't some grand symphony, because right after she went back to being into focus trying not to die mode. Slowly, in all this mess, she's falling in love with Frankie, which, again, beautiful. Um, also, again, I would like to mention the character Lao Gi. He's a skilled killer, well, assassin, um, who took the task to teach Kiyoshi how to kill. Which, while he's very calm, he's also funny, and I just really need to mention this one line um, on 240, 250, not two, <laughs> 204 and 205. Uh, Kiyoshi. So it goes, Kiyoshi said, I want you to teach me how to kill someone. If Laogi was surprised by her answer, he didn't show it. Hit them really hard in the head with a rock. Okay, I know that line isn't that funny, but I got a kick out of it after I first read it. So I just felt like I needed to share that. Um, another amazing development is when Rangi challenged someone to a fight. When Rangi was punched across the flat... Form. On page 262, it says, Kiyoshi's cries, and Kiyoshi's cry was drowned out by the roar of the crowd. This was the thing that broke Kiyoshi. She witnessed so much, but she was able to keep a straight face. But Rangi facing death is what finally broke her. It's such like a hurting, moving moment. Kiyoshi, who had lost everyone close to her, was about to lose Rangi, the only person she had left. Gladly, Rangi pulled through and won. When I tell you I breathed a sigh of relief, you, you better believe me. I was holding a breath I didn't even know I was holding. Okay, now I'm going to read around three pages. 270 to 273. Because there's such an amazing development between Rangi and Kiyoshi. It's so beautiful, but I'll yell about it later. Kiyoshi understood her friend's disappointment. The shining new era of the world was supposed to get after so many years of strife. The champion, whom Rangi had trained to protect, had been stolen from them and replaced with Kiyoshi. I know, she said, her heart aching. Yun would have been a much better... No, forget Yun for once. Forget being the Avatar. Rangi lost the battle to restrain herself and smacked Kiyoshi hard across the collar. It's not supposed to be this way for you. Kiyoshi went silent, mostly because Rangi had hit her too hard, but also from surprise. You think you don't deserve peace and happiness and all good things, but you do, Rangi yelled. You, Kiyoshi, not the avatars, but you. She closed the distance and wrapped her arms around Kiyoshi's waist. The embrace was a clever way to hide her face. Do you have any idea how painful it has been for me to follow you on this journey where you're so determined to punish yourself, she said. Watching you treat yourself like an empty vessel for revenge when I've known you since you were a servant who couldn't bend a pebble. The 
Avatar can be reborn, but you can't, Kyoshi. I don't want to give you up to the next generation. I couldn't bear to lose you. Kyoshi realized she had it all wrong. Rengi was a true believer, but her greatest faith had been for her friends, not her assignment. She pulled Rangi in closer. She thought she heard a slight, contented sigh come from the other girl. I wish I could give you your due, Rangi muttered, after some time had passed. The wisest teachers, armies to defend you, a place to live in. Kyoshi raised an eyebrow. The Avatar gets a place? No, but you deserve it. I don't need it, Kyoshi said. She smiled in Narangi's hair, the soft strands caressing her lips. And I don't need an army. I have you. Pfft. Rangi scoffed. A lot of good I've been so far. If I were better at my job, you'd never feel scared. Only loved, adored by all. Kyoshi gently nudged Rangi's chin upward. She could no more prevent herself from doing this than she could keep from breathing, from living, fearing. I do feel loved, she declared. Rangi's beautiful face shone in the reflection. Kyoshi leaned in and kissed her. A warm glow mapped Kyoshi's veins. Eternity distilled in a single brush of skin. She thought she would never be more alive than now. And then... The shock of hands pushing her away. Kyoshi snapped out of her trance, aghast. Rangi had flinched at the contact, repelled by her. Viscara Lee, effectively, oh no, oh no, this couldn't. Not after everything they've been through. This couldn't be how it. Kyoshi shut her eyes until they hurt. She wanted to shrink until she vanished within the cracks of the earth. She wanted to become dust and blow away in the wind. But the sound of laughter pulled her back. Rangi was coughing, drowning herself with her own tears and mirth. She caught her breath and retook Kyoshi by the hips, turning to the side, offering up the smooth, unblemished skin of her throat. That side of my face is busted up, stupid, she whispered into the darkness. Kiss me where I'm not hurt. The morning sunrise had never been so warm. Now, tell me that is not the greatest love confession. I understand people have their preferences, but I love this entire scene. Kyoshi, who has been silent about her emotions, straight-faced, gets to be herself around Rangi. Plus, Rangi doesn't love Kyoshi because she's the Avatar. She loves the Avatar because the Avatar is Kyoshi. It's so... Beautiful, they are finally happy in this moment of distress and fear that they could be killed at any moment. But they found peace within the storm with each other. Now, this is getting too long, so I'll try to speed things up. Near the end of the book, we see Kyoshi being confident in herself and fighting back. Thanks, Rangi. Um, it's amazing because her development happens slowly, so it just seems natural. We just get so used to her becoming who she's meant to be that her being a servant girl who would never respond just is gone she's now a powerful avatar even though she's only had a few weeks days to train barely any well 
The sad thing is Leek gets killed by Zhu, which is the last straw for Kiyoshi, as I said earlier. She goes to face him, and in the end, it becomes a fight of power. Both of them fight to keep a huge mansion raised, while Zhu is trying to bring it down. In the end, they're fighting with Neutral Jang, the same thing mentioned in the beginning, a beautiful moment of foreshadowing. It's a battle of will and strength. Rangi is in that giant mansion, healing from the poison. And Kiyoshi just continues to fight, and it's amazing. And while they're fighting, guess who shows up again? Yun returns. He is somehow alive. He kills Zhu and leaves. We have no lines from him, and after that, he just, he's just gone. It's absolutely insane. Well... After that, in the end, Kyoshi goes to the Southern Air Temple, where in the end, she finally meets her previous life, Avatar Kurok. No lines are shared, but it ends right then and there with her hearing his voice. Again, I could talk so much more about this book, but I don't want to drag this on too long. It's almost 30 minutes. But all I have to say is I cannot wait to read the next book.